ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Doug Brown. Four NFL teams all in the playoff chase taking the field today. The Redskins and Titans play in Nashville. The loser of that game could be eliminated from the postseason race. Then tonight, the Ravens and Chargers in Carson. And plenty of impact games tomorrow, including the Eagles hosting the Texans. ESPN Steve Young wonders if the Houston offense is good enough to go deep in the playoffs. Yes, Deshaun Watson is a young quarterback, and yes, he has struggled at times, but I truly believe that he is capable of huge games, no matter what the circumstances, on the road, in the playoffs, in Philly. It's just it's not as consistent as you'd like, and he'll get more consistent in time. But I'm a huge believer in Deshaun Watson, and in my mind, every week I go into there's no question he has the capability to come up with a big ball game. College football at the Birmingham Bowl. Second quarter, Memphis leads Wake Forest 28-10. That's the first of four bowl games today on ESPN and the ESPN app. The Celtics held a players-only team meeting last night after a loss to the Bucks in Boston, their third loss in a row. Kyrie Irving described the meeting as much needed because of the team's inconsistency. College basketball right now on ESPN2 at the half. Third-ranked Tennessee leads Wake Forest at the half, 42-30. to 30. American Michaela Schifrin makes history today, becoming the youngest skier to reach 50 World Cup wins. The 24-year-old won a slalom today in France. Brought to you by JCPenney. You don't have to go all over town in search of the perfect gift. Find something for everyone at JCPenney. This year, spend more time with family during the holidays. Value the present. JCPenney, style and value for all. See Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. He was going the right way. Cohen all the way. Touchdown, Chicago. Levine, he goes right. Oh, stop it, Samson. Did you not get the memo? He didn't come for the massage. He came for the facial. Oh, my goodness. Chicago's Game Day. Darcy is home. Hanson scores. Sox win. What a comeback. Trubisky escapes again, and he's got plenty of room to run. Look at him go. There's the athleticism for the rookie. Back toward the wall. It's gone. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome in to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. Thanks for tuning in and checking us out this afternoon. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We're here till 2 o'clock. Also later on this afternoon, Dickerson and Hood at 3 on ESPN 1000. We are open for business talking to you, the Chicago sports fan, at 312-332-3776. Or you can tweet at us on Twitter. We will get back to you throughout the show. Uh, carrying on the conversation also with you at on the phone lines at 312-332-3776. Bears and 49ers tomorrow, Abdallah, week 16 in the NFL kicks off today. We have two games in the NFL today, but we are going to talk a lot of Chicago Bears football on this show. I have a thought on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We'll get to at some point later on in the hour as well. And then also a Derrick Rose thought, which I want to get to before we're done at 2 o'clock. At 1.30, we'll talk with Todd Blackledge, 
preview the college football playoff. So a lot of time for you in, uh, to talk Chicago Bears football with us at 312-332-3776. So the Bears and 49ers tomorrow, Abdallah. And I think the thing that we've kind of addressed with this team throughout the week is the fact that big win against the Packers last weekend. You win the division. You're looking towards the playoffs. You're a team that's 10-4 and four at the moment with an opportunity to get to 12 victories on the season. And really, what this weekend could be is a letdown spot for the Chicago Bears. Hopefully it's not, but it's not going to be a walkover, an easy game for the Bears against the 49ers tomorrow in San Francisco. It's a trap! It's a trap! It's a trap! No, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a trap game. I don't think it's a let, it could, it is a letdown situation, but I think that Matt Nagy and the culture that he's brought to the Chicago Bears and the way that this defense plays every week, I don't think that they are a letdown type of team, right? I know that there could have been a letdown after the emotional win against the, uh, Against the, the, the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. Against, and then you face the Packers sure. at home. But you beat the Packers at home. You clinch the division at home against your rival, the Packers. Now there could be a letdown situation against the 49ers. I just don't see that situation. I'm interested, however, to see how the defense plays without Eddie Jackson and see the depth of this team and to see how Ryan Pace has assembled the depth of this team. They've been tested before. The depth, you know, Khalil Mack missed a couple games. Kyle Long's been out all season or most of the season. He returned to practice this week. Um, Mitchell Trubisky's missed a couple games as well. So the depth has had its moments uh, to be tested, but uh, with a guy like Eddie Jackson and what he brings to defense and his ability to, to take away the ball uh, in the passing game. So I think that it's a... It's not going to, to me, it shouldn't be a letdown situation. It's going to be a test for the defense. But like I've said all week, Chris, Super Bowl caliber teams go on the road and beat the 49ers in week, what are we, 16, mm-hmm. right? You go on the road, you take care of business, and, and you, you don't have a letdown situation. You want to go into the playoffs rolling. You still have something to play for. That second seed is still available. You're still playing for a first-round bye. So until you're not playing for anything, there shouldn't be letdown games because you're still striving for something. The mission isn't accomplished yet. You still have a chance to put yourself in a better situation than you are right now to win a Super Bowl. Now, yes, yeah, some things have to go your way with the Rams and the Saints, but if you win your games, that's the best you can do to try to put yourself in a situation to get a first-round bye. So to me, there shouldn't be a letdown. It shouldn't be a trap game because the number one defense in the NFL and one of the best teams, top five teams probably in the NFL, should go against a, a team that only has four wins on the road and beat them. If we go back to Wednesday, in case you missed it, here's Matt Nagy talking about the larger goal of the season and trying to stay focused this week against the 49ers. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be on other teams where we've won division championships, and um, it's nice and it's it's important uh, because, you you know, it gives you advantages. It gives you a home game in the playoffs. Uh, But that's not, I mean, it helps you get to the ultimate goal, but you can't be satisfied and and that's been that's who our guys are i don't really need to harp that too much to our guys they get that our coaches understand that uh and so for me it's kind of easy because i've been brought up that way and um you know in the end there's really only one winner in the end of this thing everybody else are losers and we want to we want to try to be in the end 
Also on Wednesday, Mitch Trubisky talked about how the Bears could avoid the letdown against the 49ers. It's on me and, and, and a bunch of the other leaders on the team. So yeah, I think it will tell a lot about the type of guys we have. It's 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 kind of like coming off of a bye or coming off a loss. How are you going to respond to it? We clinched. There's certain ways you can go about this. And we just got to just have a, a workman's attitude. We've got to come to work, continue to get better, stay aggressive, and try to go 1-0 each and every single week. It doesn't matter if it's a regular season, postseason. Um, we just got to continue to get better, stick together, and uh, and, and want to do great things. And it, it starts every single day, every single week. Allen Robinson on Thursday at Hallis Hall talking about how the Bears need to stay sharp the next two weeks. Just keep uh, building the momentum into the playoffs. You know, I think the biggest thing for us now, even even from just talking from an offensive standpoint, you know, just some things that we want to, you know, um, keep tight on and, and, and really improve on going into this playoff stretch. And Matt Nagy on Thursday to wrap it up, talking about the approach for the next two weeks for the Chicago Bears because you are in the playoffs. Now there are some ca- some things in play now over the next two weeks where you could perhaps get that by. We have to see how it kind of turns out over the next weekend, over this weekend. But everything kind of in play at the moment for the Chicago Bears. Here's the approach from Matt Nagy. I think that's what separates uh, the great teams from the good teams is they know how to focus um, each week and not make any game more significant than the other. And that's where we're at right now. We have a great opportunity um, to, to win a game and to help us have another opportunity next week to win another game to make our opportunities even better and our chances better uh, as we go on in the playoffs. And Abdallah, that kind of right there is exactly what you were saying. Great teams go on the road and they beat the 49ers in this spot. If this is a championship team, this team is going to go on out to San Francisco and win and most likely, in in the eyes of someone who thinks this is a championship team, they'll win in a fashion that is a no question win. You know, you go into the fourth quarter. Maybe you can say to your, hey, you know, maybe Mitch doesn't need to play here in the fourth quarter because we're up by three touchdowns, or you know, whatever the case may be. Because for all intents and purposes, it doesn't really matter what takes place against the 49ers. You're probably not going to get the second seed. You're probably going to be locked in as the third seed, and you'll get that home game in the first round of the playoffs. And that's about it at this moment look this is a team though the 49ers look it's the nfl all teams are 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 decent there's really no garbage teams kyle shanahan has found a way to put his his backups backup in a good position right nick mullins has been able to come in and and kyle shanahan tailors the game plan for him it's kind of i'm not comparing Kyle, kyle shanahan to uh to bill belichick but we saw it with bill belichick when he had to go to jimmy garoppolo and then he had to go to jacoby Brissett in a spot start right so he's been able to put Nick Mullins in a situation where he's been successful. This is a team that beat the Broncos. This is a team that beat the Seahawks last week, 26-23. They're a decent team at home. All four of their wins have come at home. So I'm not saying that the Bears are going to go in and blow them out. They can win by a touchdown, by 10, by 14, whatever. That's fine. I just know that this is a situation where teams like the Saints, like the Rams, if you're up there with these upper echelon teams that are going to be in the conversation for winning a Super Bowl and you want that first round bye, you go in and you win. You don't have that letdown. And you show, hey, Eddie Jackson's a great player. He's a pro bowler. But we have enough depth on this team to make up for it. And that's where good teams really shine with Ryan Pace putting depth on this team. Good teams have the next man up, and they have that ability. We've seen it before with the Bears. One of the biggest problems with the Bears in past seasons is they have no depth whatsoever. Yeah. You lose your top performers, you lose your first-string guys, and that's it. It's like falling, the production's like falling off a cliff. Right now, 
Ryan Pace and rebuilding this team. He had a couple missteps his first few years, but rebuilding this team has shown that he's assembled a team that has the kind of depth that can survive uh, uh, an injury or two if need be. So go into San Francisco, stay healthy, no more injuries, but take care of business. I don't need to see a blowout for me to say that this is a, a Super Bowl caliber team. Just win. Just take care of your business and come home. There's nothing wrong with that. If you win by seven or whatever, there's a reason the spread's only four. Okay, there, there's a reason you go. You're going on the road. You're facing a, a, a team in the NFL. Even if it's if it's the Browns, if it's the 49ers, if it's the Raiders, it's whatever. It's still a team in the NFL. Just go in and take care of business. That's it. Simple as that. And to your point about Ryan Pace, I don't know if I've ever seen a GM recover like he has over the course of the last year and change a franchise the way he has over the course of the last year like we have in Ryan Pace in this city before. Have we ever seen a GM who some people wanted out of town completely turn around the entire franchise by landing one of the top players in all football, by getting a head coach that now everyone else is jealous of you having, Mm -hmm. by surrounding a young quarterback who, who knows what the end result of Mitch Trubisky is, but at least he's getting the supplies to go and try and create something with with the wide receivers, everything that he put together around Mitch Trubisky. He didn't miss on any of those free agent signings. Mm -hmm. He nailed the draft. You have guys contributing all through his draft picks from this year and the year before. It is really remarkable the job that Ryan Pace has done over the course of the last year to completely turn this franchise around. Here's to me is the the biggest thing that Ryan Pace has done so far. And it all... It all comes down to base to a lot has to do with Khalil Mack and the way you've set up your defense. They set up themselves to succeed the way the Seahawks did in the past. We've heard that comparison a lot, where you have the high caliber defense, you have the the amount of money that you're spending on your defense. You can do that because you have a quarterback who's on a rookie deal. And what Ryan Pace, with the weapons he has, uh, has surrounded Mitchell Trubisky with, and the defense, the number one defense in the NFL right now, and more importantly, the coach. Yeah. More importantly, Matt Nagy, what he's done is given himself the ability to, and, and I'm sure people will still hate on him if, he, if this does happen, but what his, he's done is created a situation where if Mitchell Trubisky isn't the guy in a couple years when his contract is up, they don't need to extend him. You can just move on and find another quarterback in the draft and see if that works. Because you have a coach who, at least in this year, has shown that he can get guys open. He can scheme a game plan for a quarterback to put them in a situation to win. They were within a couple yards of beating the, you know, if the defense doesn't give up a 40-yard run to Saquon Barkley, they could beat the Giants. And this team, we're talking about an 11-win team instead of a a 10-win team, right? So he's put himself in situations to win, and he's put himself in situations where he takes... Brought in the reins a little bit on Mitchell Trubisky, and maybe he shouldn't have been taken second row overall. That's neither here nor there. That's in the past. It's already happened. So if they need to move on from Trubisky, Ryan Pace has set himself up to be like, okay, I'll just draft another quarterback because I've found the coach, I've got the defense, and I've got the weapons around him to make any quarterback successful as long as I find the right quarterback to uh, to put into this system. And if they need to move on from Mitchell Trubisky when his uh, contract is up, then so be it. You find another quarterback. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's a big deal because it's the most important position, one of the most important positions on the field. But 
Yeah, it, you've, it, you've, you know what I mean. You've, you've allowed, allowed yourself, yourself time now because exactly. this defense is so good. You've and, and time. To that point on Pro Football Focus, uh, Michael David Smith wrote this today. Um, all right, pro Football Talk, I'm sorry. Uh, here's what he wrote. The average passer rating, so the column is called Bears Defense Setting Back Opposing Quarterbacks by 30 Years. That's a headline. Uh, the average passer rating of quarterbacks facing the Bears this year is 73. That's by far the lowest in the league. And well below the league average, the passer rating in the league average right now is 93.1. To find a year when all the quarterbacks played as badly as the quarterbacks playing against the Bears this season, you have to go back 30 years. 1988 was the last season when the league average passer rating was below 73. And the Bears are at that mark for this season. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, the way amazing. this defense has grown and, and become the absolute dominant force that we've seen in the NFL. I think sometimes here in Chicago, we have been raised on a couple things. Uh, sausage, mm. um, uh, the bean, uh, right, is a great tourist uh, yeah. trap and destination. Lakeshore Drive and defense for the Chicago Bears, right? Like th- those are like some of the items that they give you when you are birthed mm-hmm. in the city, yeah. right? And and Bears defense and everyone just like each and every year, people always overrate Bears defense because it's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's this thought that because we do Bears defense, we did the best in 85, that like we always have a better defense than other teams. But for real this year, they are actually way well, better than everyone else. We did it the best in 85. We did it the best in 05 and 06. And now they're the best again, right? Yeah. So I, I think that they've got this they've got the luxury right now of having the best defense in the NFL and by that metric some historic you're, they're doing some historic stuff right take it now you have to take advantage well, of it well and and that's you have where to strike while it's hot. and that's where the historic piece of all this comes into play because what they will mean to future generations and what they will mean in the history books is in front of them because what they've done to this point, holding quarterbacks to 73 passer rating for the season at this point through 16 weeks, mm-hmm. 15 games, right? Like, that doesn't really matter if you go and you lose in the wild card round. But if you make a run, you shut down the Saints on the road to get to the Super Bowl. You beat L.A. in L.A. to get to the Super You know, like, if you do stuff like that. Then you look back and say, wow, that defense was so great in the regular season, and they've turned into this, and that's why they are historic. Even though the numbers right now are suggesting that that's what we could be watching. Because on the flip side, Jacksonville had similar numbers from all the advanced analytics last year. They almost got to the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and now they are a team that's definitely struggling and they're fighting now for the first pick in the draft with four wins well a lot of a lot of people have have compared this not to the 85 bears but to the 84 bears that lost to the 49ers yeah okay all right so i understand that but is that only because those people are only watching bears football you're telling me this defense is like the 84 bears defense because they've never seen another defense no, in the history of the that's NFL. not that's what like i'm this? saying that's no, not what I, get, I'm saying. I get the parallel they're a year too early i yes, get it okay that's what i'm cool. saying all right, that, great. But what does that do for anybody though? I'm. I we can I finish? No, can I finish? I, I, no, because I want to understand what does that do for anybody? Can I finish? I'm. I'm debunking that. I'm well, saying. Please do that. That that it doesn't matter now. Look, but at, everything has to be like something that already took no, place in this city. Look at, the, look at the Eagles. Don't you know how this city works? Look at the Eagles. You have. You got. Did one you shot. see Lowry marketing last night? He was so much like Jordan. 
It's oh. the only thing that I can think about was Jordan. It's the only way people work around here. I'm Come saying, on, you know how I'm this saying, works. Forget that. There is no year forget early, that. year late. There is no we're two years <laughs> off. You, you got to go now. It's now. Yeah. Think of the Eagles. Look at what the Falcons have done. Like look at look at teams that are just completely out of it now. That we're in. The, you talk about worst to first. You've got first to worst too. Yes. And you don't want to have that. everything right now is playing into the Bears' hands. You. I don't want to hear about this. They were a year too early stuff. This is you are in the now, and well, you have to win now. And because- that's why you scoff at people who who don't want to talk about the schedule. Because then you look at teams that play the first place schedule, yeah. and then they're struggling, well, and you're like, "Why is that?" Well, not only that, it's because of the different caliber of teams that you have to play. Think of how uh, how lucky they've been on the injury front. Yeah, yeah, they lost Kyle Long. Okay, they've been able to to uh, to sustain a, a good offensive line and protect Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky missed games. That okay, so they lost to the Giants, but that's fine. Eddie Jackson's going to miss a couple games here. Next man up, right? Khalil Mack missed a couple games. They still won those games. So you're going to be able, you have gotten super lucky here with injuries. We've seen Bears teams in the past that have been decimated with injuries, that have lost more games to injuries than any other team in the NFL by a huge margin. They don't calculate that margin until the end of the year because they have to figure it out at the end of the year. But for two years, the Bears lost more games to injury than any other team in the NFL. I don't. I'm hoping that they get this lucky every single year, but you can never count on that ever. So you need to strike now. I don't care about the past. It's, it's for cowards and losers. Okay, cowards uh, and losers. That's Sam Abdallah. Sausage. LSD. The Bean. That's Sam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So here's the question to you at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Right now, what is your confidence level in the Bears getting to the Super Bowl? One through ten is the scoring system, 10 being the most confident. If I asked you that question right now today, with two weeks left in the NFL season, what's your confidence level in the Chicago Bears getting to the Super Bowl right now? 1 to 10. Wow. That's tough. That's tough, man. That's why I ask the tough questions. That's tough, man. That's why I'm here. I'm going to say, out of 10, 1 to 10, yeah. 10 being the most confident, 1 yes. being the least confident. Ten being they are absolutely going to get to the Super Bowl. Seven and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Seven and a half. You know why? Because it's all because of I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC right now. And you have to go to New Orleans right now and beat them. And I and the I know the Bears have the better defense. And quote unquote defense travels. That's the thing. That's the same. It's a it's a fun cliche that defense people use. Travels. Yeah, yeah I, I would like to see the analytical data that backs that up. But yeah, I go for it. I also don't know if the Bears will be able to score. Uh, you know what's funny about the defense travels item is that the home team score works as well. Like yeah. home teams score points. Yeah. So if your defense is traveling to a place mm-hmm. where home teams are scoring points, who wins that battle? I don't know if it, if it comes down to a shootout or if it comes down down to a must score situation. Like like look, if for all intents and purposes, if if Trubisky needed to beat the Rams, he couldn't have. Sure. Okay. That's what the defense won that game. Well, okay. and you know, I said wow to your seven and a half because I was going to say seven. Ooh. I, I think this team right now, I am at a seven okay. in confidence level of this team getting to the Super Bowl this year because, like you're saying, the defense is good enough. You look at what the Saints have done. Their defense has actually been really good over the last couple of weeks yeah. as well. But 
you know, we've seen the offense struggle against Carolina. We've seen the Saints offense struggle against the Cowboys. That makes me believe that if you have to play the Saints in an NFC championship game, you at least have a pretty good shot at stopping them offensively. Now, whether or not, and I think it's what you're getting to, is will Mitch Trubisky come through for you in the big spot mm-hmm. in the second half of a championship game where he has to make a drive, put points on the board to allow you to get to that Super Bowl? I'm putting it at a 7. If you go by DVOA right now, the overall ranking, New Orleans is number 3 and the Bears are number 5. And it is because... The Bears right now have the 23rd ranked offense according to DVOA, and the Saints have the fourth best offense according to DVOA. Now, defense is different. The Bears have the number one defense, but the Saints still have a top 10 defense according to DVOA. They have the eighth best defense, and I know special teams has been getting better, but that's where the edge is too. The Bears have the 26th ranked special teams unit in the NFL. The Saints have the ninth. Yeah, and and that might be something that kills you in a playoff game is maybe a fumble on a return. Maybe it's a missed field goal Mm -hmm. or the fact that maybe you don't kick it deep enough or you, you know, something that happens parky related where the game is lost because of a kicking issue, which was a problem at the start of the season. It seems like it's gone away a little bit as we've gone through the year, but that could be a problem that jumps up at you in a playoff game when points are at a minimum. And and that's why we want to ask the question today. What's your confidence level in the Bears getting to the Super Bowl right now? 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident, 0 saying, you know, they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. I think that's that's what a 0 would be, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you think that this team will get beat at home in the first round of the playoffs, you would give us a zero. I highly I, doubt. I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't either. That's why I said seven, because I think that you are at least have the capability to get to the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if someone were to tell me it's a 10, that person's probably assuming that no that's matter Trubisky where you go. Right Trubisky truth there. No, I don't even. I, I don't it doesn't have anything to do with Trubisky. I, mean, I think, the, it has I think to that do person would say, look at defense. the Bucks game. Look at the Bucks game. Look at the game. I got some Bucks. You know, if the Bears and the Bucks play in the NFC title game, I, I agree. That's a 10. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think for sure that would be a 10. All right. So uh, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah sitting in uh, here on ESPN 1000 on Chicago's game day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So we will take your calls coming up next. What's your confidence level in the Chicago Bears getting to the Super Bowl this season? One to 10, 10 being the most confident, zero saying that they're probably going to lose in the wild card round. We will take your calls. We will hear from Matt Nagy as well. He was on Waddle and Sylvie earlier in the week, and he has some thoughts about Trubisky's development. We'll hear that and take your calls coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. I just ordered sushi from Japan. Now you just want to kick it, Jackie Chan. Welcome back to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah talking to you, the Chicago sports fan at 312-332-3776. We will hear from Matt Nagy. He was on with Waddle and Sylvie earlier this week, Abdallah. Uh, We will hear from him in just a couple of moments as we get ready for week 16 in the NFL. We have games today at 3.30, the Redskins and the Titans. Face off, that game's on NFL Network. And then tonight, the Ravens and the Chargers at 720. That's a really good game. And the first game, playoff implications because the Titans are still alive for the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, the spread right now is 11. It opened up at 10.5. 
51% of the bets coming in on Tennessee. Also, 51% of the money coming in on Tennessee. So the public and the Sharps right now in agreement. They agree uh, at, at, at Tennessee with uh, the as the 11-point favorite. The second game you mentioned, Baltimore and the uh, Chargers, 63% of the money coming, or 63% of the bets, excuse me, coming in on the Chargers as a four-point favorite, but only 47% mm. of the money. Mm. If you listen to this station throughout yeah. the week, all of the uh, the gambling experts. People are on the, the Ravens. A lot of people on the Ravens. A lot of people on that under as well. The under mm-hmm. in the game. One other game tomorrow that I want to point to. Yeah. I didn't know if you had more to add to that or no, not, so no. I was just letting it pause and yeah. breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals and the Browns. Mm. This game is only interesting because of this. Right now, week 16, yeah. the Cleveland Browns still have not been eliminated in the mix from playoff contention on the screen. It either says in the mix or in the hunt, in the hunt, in the hunt or in the mix. The Cleveland Browns are still on that screen that each and every NFL broadcast will use this weekend. Here's what has to happen for the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs. They have a one in 50,000 chance to get there. You ready for this? This is all that has to take place. Seven different things have to happen for the Cleveland Browns to get into the playoffs. Here we go, Abdallah. Number one, in week 16, they have to beat the Bengals. They have a 60% chance to do so, suggesting based on FBI, the Football Power Index they're, from ESPN. They are a 10-point so, favorite so, right now. So that's the first thing. The second thing, in week 17, they have to beat the Ravens. FBI is suggesting that uh, the FPI is suggesting that they have a 21% chance of doing so and beating the Ravens. The third thing that has to happen is in week 16, the Titans need to lose to the Redskins. And that's the game that's coming up at 3.30 on the NFL Network. The Titans need to lose that game. The Ravens in week 16 have to beat the Chargers. That needs to happen for the playoff uh, possibilities still be alive for the Cleveland Browns. The fifth thing that needs to take place, the Colts in week 16 need to lose to the Giants. Okay, you got that? You mm-hmm. got this all down so far? No, I'm not paying attention. The sixth thing that needs to take place is the Dolphins need to lose one of two games in the mm-hmm. final two games, which is an 82% chance of happening, mm-hmm. suggested by ESPN's FPI. Cool, cool, cool. The final thing that needs to take place, think about it. If all those six things take place, mm-hmm. the Browns are still alive. Do you know what the final item that has to happen for them to get into the playoffs would have to be? Mm-hmm. It would have to be in week 17, the Colts and the Titans have to tie to allow the Browns to win the tiebreaker to get into the playoffs. So not only do they have to win all the games and other teams have to lose and the Chargers have to lose and the Dolphins have to lose one of two and all this stuff, the Colts and the Titans in week 17 have to tie. For the Browns to get into the playoffs. That's that's too much. What, what you, that's all you have from that? I, I give Dude, you all once this you got information. Past, once you got past like the second thing, it's you don't not, find that interesting? It's not going to happen. You don't find it interesting at all? No, because it's not going to happen. Well, I think Call it's, me when you get past the sixth thing, and I then think, I'm like, then you've got my attention. I think you it's interesting my, that the final my, thing that has to take place is a tie. You'll have my curiosity at the fourth thing. At the sixth thing, you'll have my attention. Like, how annoying would it be, as just a casual sports fan, if all six of the things happen, and then on the seventh thing, the Colts and the Titans in week 17 get to overtime Mm -hmm. and the Colts win by a field goal. Like, how annoying would that be? 
Like, just tie. Let the Browns in. No, nobody wants to let the Browns in. Okay. Well, uh, the question... Actually, I would love to see Baker Mayfield in a playoff See? Game, exactly. So. You know why? Because he's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, the question to you at 312-332-3776 as we talk Chicago Bears football here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's your confidence level in the Bears getting to the Super Bowl right now? 1 to 10. 10 being the most confident. 0 would be they're going to lose in the wild card round. I gave the Bears a 7. I think that's where I'm at right now. This team getting to the Super Bowl. I'm at a seven. Abdallah, you said seven and a half. It's because of the it's because of the offense. I have no problem with the defense, and because they have to go, they have to go to. They're most likely going to have to go to New Orleans to win a game. And I'm not sure if Mitchell Trubisky, even if it's not a shootout, let's say it's a close game. Let's say both defenses are playing well, and he still needs to make a game winning play or find a way to put the Bears ahead so at some point in the game, I don't know if he's going to be able to. Let's go to the phones. 312-332-3776. First up is Mike and Chatham. Mike, what do you think uh, your confidence level is right now of the Bears getting to the Super Bowl? Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, man? Hey, uh, my, my confidence at a five. Um, the defense will travel, um, but the question is, Mike, you guys just hit, is Mitch ready to have that signature moment? Like, this is coming into playoffs, quarterbacks, usually the ones that are, like, elite or, you know, in top ten, they have some type of uh, signature moment. You know, like, Joe Flacco's not an elite quarterback at all, but he's had had signature moments, so walking into a playoff game, you have the confidence that Joe can do it. It's, that's my issue right now with Mitch. Can he really do it? And when you go in the playoffs, you're going against top five, top ten defensive teams, defensive teams that will cause you problems. And I think the running game will will be stopped, and teams in the, in the playoffs are going to say, okay, Mitch, we're going to make you beat us. Can you really beat us in a playoff game by throwing, you know, basically carrying a team on your shoulders? That's why I'm at a five. Mitch has got to now prove to us that he's, that he's the franchise quarterback because playoff time comes, it it's going to show, you know. And I feel like it starts this weekend against the 49ers. You got to start showing us now that you're ready to take that next step as a, as a franchise quarterback. All right, we got you down for a five, Mike. We appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Catherine in Carroll Stream. Where would you say your confidence level is in the Bears getting to the Super Bowl now? I'm going to agree with you, Chris. I'm going to go with a seven. And there's two factors. Number one. It just seems like when we need that last first down to put the game away, we can't get it. We have these, you know, running plays that just get stopped. We can't put the game away with the first down. The second reason would be if we needed a game-winning field goal, I, you know, Perky hasn't. I mean, he's been better lately, but, you know, I'm not sure that he would be able to give us that win. All right, Catherine, we got you down for a seven. And, you know, Abdallah, if we take a look at the first two comments that we received here, it seems like everyone is funneling everything back to Trubisky, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we all think the defense is good enough to get to a Super Bowl. But is Mitch good enough to succeed in the playoffs? I don't know. It's the biggest. I don't. And it's not. It's not because I don't have an answer. That's my answer. I don't. I don't know. None of us. Because he hasn't been forced to win a game yet. Don't don't. Talk to me about the Bucks game. It doesn't matter. That's not uh, the caller before. Uh, before Catherine mentioned signature moments. Mm-hmm. That's not a signature moment. A game-winning drive 
is a signature moment. Putting a team away is a signature moment. Scoring six touchdowns against the Bucks, it's a great game. It's not a signature moment. Well, the game-winning drive is something that separates a quarterback into that next category that people just rave about, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why people are are kind of obsessed with this uh, this thought of Jimmy Garoppolo because in the short time that he's actually played, he's taken his team down the field to win games. Aaron Rodgers, we know he's one of the best yeah. in football history. It's something that he did early and often, all the time for the Green Bay Packers. I believe Matthew Stafford has a ton of game-winning yeah, drives. Stafford because does. Their defense uh, has always how, been garbage. How about in this city itself, part of the reason why so many people, including myself and Abdallah, gave Cutler so many uh, times to, to give him uh, a pass on critiquing him was because Cut- Cut- Cutler in the fourth quarter was actually pretty good. And he was a guy who could drive down the field and score a winning touchdown for the Chicago Bears. And and everyone's right so far. We have yet to see Mitch Trubisky do that. And it's not saying he can't. We just haven't seen it. He that. hasn't been in the situation to do it yet. Well, you know, the Dolphins game, and a lot of people want to point true, to that true, he put up a bunch of stats. True. He threw for 316 yards. He had a great game. He also threw an interception in the red zone in the fourth quarter that oh. allowed the Dolphins to come back. I know the defense gave up two major, huge mm-hmm. plays in that game. Yeah, but, it was hot. but if Trubisky and the Bears score points on that possession instead of throwing a pick six in the end zone, the Bears probably end up winning that game against the Dolphins, and maybe you have a shot at a bye in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Uh, Matt Nagy earlier this week was on Waddle and Sylvie, and he got a chance to talk with the guys, and the guys asked Matt Nagy, what part of Mitch's game do you think has improved most this season? Well, what's interesting with Mitch is, uh, you know, you go back and you watch the game again last night and this morning, and you just start to see that what's happening now, guys, is he's able to um, – the, the offense is is really starting to click with them. So when I say that in week one there might have been a concept um, or or a play design that he knew, but he really didn't know where all the bones were buried. And and now what happens is is now that he's had more experience within maybe that one concept, for example, now if there's any gray. Um, he's able to make it black and white by just getting rid of the ball quick and, and making sharp, quick decisions and, and uh, eliminating any chances of holding on to the ball too long to where you can have different types of sacks. Uh, that, that do happen every now and then, but still, he's, he's playing with a lot more anticipation, playing a lot quicker, and it's really neat to see. You know what's really fascinating, I think, about Trubisky in this offense is that as it goes, it's not really as much about him needing to make decisions. It's just being able to be efficient in what Nagy's asking him to do, right? Like, it's all about the speed. You know, we saw that from Alex Smith. It's not like he was standing back there reading seven different progressions, and then making these unbelievable throws. It was when Alex Smith was running at a high clip in that Chiefs offense, he was boom, 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 making quick decisions, running the ball, uh, running the offense up and down the field. Harrison uh, Bird on Twitter points out Mm -hmm. uh, to us, what about this past week? The game was tied at 14 when he came down and got 10 points to help put the game away. Not a game winner, but they needed it badly. I would like to point out to Harrison that uh, that the touchdown drive, they started at the Green Bay 45. Uh, That was the Allen Robinson uh, pass interference call, I believe, which led to the touchdown. And then uh, the field goal drive they start at the green bay 15 yeah and they didn't do anything harrison's right they did score points they did um but yeah the defense set up the offense for success and penalties jk scott the punter for green bay had a roll tide had a horrible game 
Okay, and they had penalties which started the drive at the 45. You had a, a pass interference penalty, and then you started the drive for the field goal at the Green Bay 15. You started it in field goal range. We'll take more of your calls at 312-332-3776. In 15 minutes, we will continue to talk Chicago Bears football throughout the rest of today's show until 2 o'clock. Coming up next, though, Abdallah, in the NBA, when it comes to free agents and speculation of stars moving places and going somewhere else, where there's smoke, there's fire. Are we are we talking about a dinner? And we, we, about we are going to address dinner? what took place last night after the Lakers and the Pelicans played. Was there a date? Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We'll talk about that next here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. You can keep my regret, baby, I've got these scars. Welcome back to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You know, I I assume a lot of people today are rushing around trying to finish their Christmas shopping, their holiday shopping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you enjoy that time of year or is it miserable? Because I don't I'm not a fan. I don't like the unnecessary stress in rushing around. I mean, I do a lot of my shopping online, so oh, I don't really have okay. to go anywhere. Right. Here we go. Millennial Abdallah coming in off the top uh, rope. So it just com- I'm more worried. Like, I'm I'm clicking on shipping updates to be like, well, isn't that delivery? Stressful? Why isn't it here yet? It says it's out for delivery for three days. Yeah. And then you're trying to track the, the tracker. Oh, and like, it does, they never get there on time. I had to go pick up a, po- a package from the post office today. Oh, my God. Yeah, good luck to you. Okay, uh, so uh, before we get back to Bears conversation, about 10 minutes here on ESPN 1000, uh, the Bulls won last night. They beat the Orlando Magic 90-80. to How about that defensive mm-hmm. effort? Push-ups and sprints. 80 points given up to the Orlando Magic. The Magic are actually now ninth in the Eastern Conference, falling out of that eighth spot. They're a team that could possibly make the playoffs this year. Lowry Markkinen, last night, 37 minutes, he went 12 of 20 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 32 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 monster dunk over Vucevic. You pronounced Michael Jordan wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, Markkinen. Uh, And uh, so the Bulls looked really good last night. Their star player played really well. Um, So, you know, this whole conversation in the NBA uh, has to do with this team in the Chicago Bulls, whether or not they're going to tank whether or not they're going to actually develop these players this season, whether or not in the offseason they'll be able to sign a free agent. And there is another team currently with LeBron James, the Lakers, who are also uh, a team that is possibly going to woo free agents this summer, if not try and land one in season through a trade. And a lot of the conversation in the last couple days has been about LeBron James and Anthony Davis because Dave McMiniman wrote a story on ESPN.com where he asked LeBron about Anthony Davis, and his response would was that he would love to play with him someday, mm-hmm. that he, he thinks he's a great player, right? And so everyone took that and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get to last night's game on ESPN television. Both teams play. Uh, Davis, LeBron, they both play. LeBron wins in the end. And there's a report today from Yahoo and Chris Haynes saying that LeBron James and Anthony Davis met for a post-game dinner. Well, then. And the Lakers appear to be in the driver's seat to, to pair the stars together mm-hmm. because the Lakers and all of their assets are trying to put together a package to try and land Anthony Davis at some point in this season. Now, if you're saying, well, that's crazy, why would that 
happen outside of the fact that they're two great players. Anthony Davis left his uh, agency mm-hmm. for his agent earlier this year and is now represented by Clutch Sports, which is the organization ran by LeBron James' best friend. And a lot of people think LeBron is running the company even though he is not currently running an agency to acquire players. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He runs the company. He basically runs the company. I mean, listen, if you read between the lines, he basically runs... I mean, li- listen, if Abdal was an agent and I was a player and he was running the company, all we do is talk to each other. So there's a pretty good chance that I would have some influence on telling Abdallah what I would like to do with his company. No. And, and second of all, second of all, what, two guys, two friends can't get dinner? Well, I mean, okay. You and I so, get dinner all the time. It doesn't mean we're plotting. We just so go get dinner. LeBron James, last night, after the game, was then again asked about Anthony Davis, and uh, here's the response. Ask me uh, what I like to play with Kevin Durant. Ask me right now. Would you like to play with Kevin Absolutely. Durant? Ask me if I like to play with Jimmy Butler. Say right now. Ask Butler. me about Kyrie Irving, Giannis. Ask me about Embiid, Ben Simmons. Go ahead. All of them. Luka Doncic. Ask me right now. Fines. Fines. Come on, guys. Fines. It's not rocket science. <laughs> it's not rocket science. These are great players. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to play with a lot of great players. That's just who I am. Um, so, you know, people get caught up in, you know, get caught up in bunches, you know, sometimes when they, they wish they can control what you say and they can't control me at all. And I play by the rules. Okay. Well, when, when you're putting out a story, uh, which you're giving these comments, you know how it's going to work. Brian Windhorse, uh, earlier this week, then uh, kind of went into detail on why LeBron knows exactly what he's doing. LeBron saying this on the record to Dave McMenamin is meaningful. LeBron is very, very savvy. He knows he's going to cause a little bit of a dust-up with this. It's what he wants to happen. If Anthony Davis wants to be a Laker, it's a better chance of happening if he gets traded during this season as opposed to next summer because the Celtics are currently barred from trading for Anthony Davis mm. because of an obscure rule. I think the Celtics can outbid the Lakers in an open market, in an open trade market. But if you don't have to bid against the Celtics, it may behoove the Lakers. So it could behoove the Lakers to oh, make a move a good, now. Love now, a good behoove me. Adrian Wojnarowski uh, chimes in as well because, you know, everything in the NBA goes through Woj. So he would know, and this is what he says about this situation. Here's the problem for the Lakers, the Celtics, and, you know, 27 other teams who'd love to trade for him. He's not available. They're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not taking offers on him. They, they're trying, you know, he's, he's under contract this for the rest of this year and then another year, and then the Pelicans – focus is now is trying to one get healthy you know they had a team that got to the second round of the western conference playoffs last year before they ran into the warriors and this is a team this year that um uh they thought was going to be better they've had a lot of injuries so they they want they're hopeful to get healthy and they're out in the market trying to find uh players or a player to 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 bolster this team and, and to keep anthony davis so they're they're not open for business on him so while certainly the whole league is monitoring this lakers celtics have been monitoring this. You know, there, there's no, they're not going to get at him right now. So Woj, Windhorse, LeBron, you look at the whole conversation. We started this by saying the Bulls won last night. At no point do you hear anyone saying anything about the Chicago Bulls Dude. having any ability to be in this conversation. I've been and once again, where there's years. smoke, there's fire, because you know how this ends. Anthony Davis will end up playing for the Lakers. Just give it time, and that's how this league works. Dude, you and I have been saying it for years. He's not coming to Chicago. That's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black. Bears conversation coming up in five minutes right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. 
Welcome in to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are here till noon, uh, till two, excuse me, till two o'clock, one more hour. We are open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. We were on till noon yesterday. That's uh, uh, yeah, that's the mental idea. hurdle that okay. I just tried to uh, jump over, but I hit, yeah. I hit the hurdle and immediately mm-hmm. face planted into the track. Yep. Because I was terrible at hurdling. All right. We're going to talk Bears football here on ESPN 1000 uh, this segment. And you can call us at 312-332-3776. Bears and 49ers, week 16 in the NFL. We're only a couple hours away from the first two games of the weekend. Two NFL games today. Uh, We do have college football on in the studio. It's fantastic. Mm. I love the bowl season. But NFL football takes center stage on on Saturdays once we get to the final weeks of the year. Yeah, and uh, I like the Saturday games. The The first game, eh, uh, it's okay. Well, I mean, there's still playoff implications. Yeah, the Redskins yeah. at the Titans. It's a 3-30 game uh, today mm-hmm. uh, at Tennessee. And then 7-20 tonight, the Ravens and the Chargers. So That's uh, going to be a good one. That's going to be a really good game. And what's cr- I, I the Chargers, to me, right now, if we were doing a power rankings. Give, give me some power rankings. What do you got? Power, power rankings? rankings? You power got power rankings? rankings? I got power rankings. All right. Give me um, some power rankings. <laughs> Go ahead. I would say to me, uh, the Chargers are probably like third. Third. That's interesting because I thought that I, I think they might be the best team. Really, football. I'm gonna say Saints. Now, now the Saints after the last two weeks, where they really haven't been as good offensively as we've seen the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You're not concerned whatsoever for what they did against the Panthers and the Cowboys. No, because I'm looking at at this that uh, of like playoffs. So like they they get all their games at home. So I'm not worried about them. Drew, if I, if anybody's going to get it right, going to get right before the playoffs, it'll be Drew Brees and the Saints. I'm fine with that. So to me, they're going to be the toughest out in the playoffs. And then I think the Chiefs might be the second toughest out. And then the Chargers. Okay. So those are your power rankings. Those are the best power rankings. Power rankings. Okay. That, that's what you've got. Yeah. All right. Uh, because you like that? Impromptu. You know, yeah, that was good. That was, that was all right. Uh, but I, you th- want to do contender pretender next? No, no, okay. thank you. Um, sure. uh, so here, here's a question to you at 312 332 3776. Uh, we've been talking about the Chicago Bears all, all uh, afternoon here. And the one thing that kind of sticks out is because of the point in the schedule that we're at with the Bears, uh, it's kind of like for a fan's perspective and what we're kind of looking ahead to. The X's and O's against the 49ers aren't as important because I think we all kind of assume the Bears will win this game on Sunday. And so if you take a look at the bigger picture, it's can this team get to the Super Bowl? We know they're a playoff team. They won the division. It's been a great story to this point, mm-hmm. but will they finish the deal? Can they get to a Super Bowl? And that's where we ask you the question, what's your confidence level in the Bears getting to a Super Bowl this season? 1 to 10, 10 being they are going to get to the Super Bowl. A 0 would be they're going to lose in the wild card round because Trubisky can't hit the side of a barn door and uh and he uh he's going to throw six picks in the I wild think, card I round. I think it's the side right? of like, a what, barn. What whatever. There's doors on the side of barns. You've seen it. Yeah, but doors are smaller. It might be harder to hit a door. The, yeah, the side of the barn point. is big, though. The good side point. of a barn door. He can't throw it in the ocean. Is that better? There you, you like go. that he one? Does that the, work? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he couldn't hit water thrown into the ocean. There yeah, you go. Sure. Uh, so, so I think as that would be a zero. <laughs> but a 10 would be he's going to play well. 
Yeah. And this team's going to get to the Super Bowl well, because the defense will show up against the Saints. And when they get there, Trubisky and the offense will be click, clicking on all cylinders and they will put up 30, 40 points. And this team's getting to the Super I Bowl. I feel like you could make your question even smaller and just say, what's your confidence level in the offense? And then get even smaller and just say, well, what's your confidence level in Trubisky in the playoff? Because if you give them a 10, you're saying Trubisky's going to be, going to have a, a Bucks-like performance. Not in the necessarily. Playoffs. I Whatever. could see them You're getting get to the a Super Bowl done. where he just manages the game and doesn't screw up. Okay, I fine. can see them doing fine. that. And if you're saying a zero or maybe one to five, you're saying, I don't trust Trubisky, but the defense will handle them and he just, just don't screw up and they'll be fine, right? And then if you're saying, if you're saying, uh, like a set, I'm at a seven and a half. So if you're saying I'm, I'm at a seven and a half, if you're like me, I'm saying the defense is going to be the defense that they've been all season. They're going to be opportunistic, opportunistic. They're going to have a turnover or two. They might not score, but if they do, it's a plus, but they're going to be in every game because of the playoffs. And the reason I can't go above seven and a half is because I don't know how Mitchell Trubisky is going to perform in the playoffs because he's never been in this situation before. And he also hasn't had to put the team on his back and win games yet. He's had drives that have resulted as the last score of the game, as we pointed out in the game against the Packers. But the the offense also started that drive at the, the Packers 45 and got a pass interference call. And those aren't going to happen every all the time. Okay, so, so you're giving a seven and a half? A seven and a half. So I think that, to me, that's a decent level. I'm not saying I don't trust Trubisky right now. I'm just saying I don't know what he's going to do. And I think that's a fair assessment because we don't know who he is yet. He's not the Bucks guy, and he's not the guy who threw three picks against the Rams. He's somewhere in the middle. He's, he's somewhere... In the middle there. You're making a face. You're making a face. We're on radio. They the first, can't see. The first that game that came to my face. mind was uh, Buffalo Bills, Mitch Trubisky, where like the sat line looked pretty good, but then Nagy also kind of manipulated that. So uh-huh. he got the extra touchdown at the end to kind of make it look good. Yeah, but like yeah, he wasn't really yeah, good at all yeah, in that game. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, uh, on Wednesday, uh, Matt Nagy talked about Trubisky growing as a complete quarterback. Again, confidence. You know, he, he, uh, he made that conviction throw for a touchdown, and he immediately, you know, there, there's times during the season when you can feel, you know, when how when he's happy and, and that he's excited that he knows he just made a good play. And that touchdown to Trey Burton was one of them. And, and he just was, you could see the excitement after the throw, um, how excited he was about it. And so for him, I think it's just going to be a matter of just, again, staying within the system, trusting his coaches, trusting his teammates, not trying to do too much. Um, but yet... Not holding back. I mean, he's he's still, you saw in the game, he's still using his legs. He made a great throw to Shaheen on an ad-lib play, scrambled and made a great throw. Uh, so he's got all that in him. And, and now it is, when, when, you know, we're not there yet, but in a couple of weeks when we get there, um, the guys are going to feel that there's another level to it. And so, um, but that's that's down the road. I mean, it, it, he's got to keep growing here in these next two games. So will Mitch Trubisky get to that next level? Uh, on Twitter, Steve L. tweets us both, and he says, I'd say I give the Bears a zero chance of getting to the Super Bowl because he's not Patrick Mahomes. Hater. You idiot pace. <laughs> but he also links to the, the no-look pass yeah. of Mahomes. Yeah, All right, Steve. I mean, uh, come on now. I mean, l- listen. I think the 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 thing that uh, to point out uh, tech, technically uh, mm-hmm. that tweet's wrong because uh, the Bears can get to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs also can get to the Super Bowl. They are not in the Bears' way. So Steve, come on, you know this. Mahomes in a different conference. Okay. Uh, so the question to you: 
What's your confidence level in the Bears getting to the Super Bowl? One to ten, ten being the most confident. Abdallah says a seven and a half. I'm going to give you a seven. I think this team can go on the road. I think they can beat a Saints team. I just wouldn't say that they're going to be the favorite or they absolutely are going to win that game. But I think they could definitely get into that game, keep it close, and they can score enough points to beat a Saints team, to beat a Rams team. I'm going to put it at a seven. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Or you can tweet at us. We will uh, read the tweets as well. It's at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Bleck. First up is George in Old Town. George, what's your confidence level in the Bears? Hey, guys, I'm at a nine level. I'll tell you why. Uh, the Bear defense, once it sets the edge on the run, can make even Drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes look silly. They proved that with uh, L.A., uh, and I think Mitch is learning that he doesn't have to do everything. He looked much better against the Packers. That was a huge game. I think he's on the road to being that kind of a quarterback that can lead us to the Super Bowl. All right, George, we appreciate it. We got you down for a nine. What do you think, Abdal? Uh, I think a nine is too high. Really? I mean... Terrence tweets at us, and he says, if there's a team that goes into the Superdome and upsets the Saints, that would then allow the Bears to have an NFC title game in Chicago because they would be the next team sitting there. And then, of course, the Bears can win that game and get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if there's a team that's good enough to go into New Orleans and upsets the Saints and upset the Saints other than the Bears. Well, I mean, the Cowboys just beat them two weeks ago. I know, but the, it's hard to beat a team twice and i i, I don't know like, i i don't know yes the cowboys could do it i guess and if the cowboys come i'm confident that the bears can beat pretty much any team here in chicago so yeah if a team upsets the saints and then comes here sure they or, could beat them let's go to matt in oak park matt what's your confidence level in the chicago bears Hey guys, I'm probably at a seven. Uh, and the one thing that scares me is not so much going on the road to New Orleans. It's a possible first round wild card game against the Vikings after having played them in week 17. I just think it's really difficult to play a team not only three times a year, but twice in a row. So my question to you guys is if you play them week 17 and if you win, you play them again in the wild card round, do you rest the starters that final week and, you know, sort of give that game to the Vikings so you don't have to play them in the wild card round? Or you guys just say, go ahead, win that game, and play them twice in a row? That's a good question, Matt. Um, Excellent question. Here's the thing um, with that scenario, right? You rest the players. You run the risk of being a little out of sync when you come back for the playoff game, right? If you play the players and someone gets hurt, then you will look at Nagy and say, you ruined our playoff opportunity because Khalil Mack got hurt against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Or Mitch Trubisky's arm fell off against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Right? Like If those things happen, that kills your playoff run right there. But if you play them, say, okay, say you play them and you play your starters and it's a tight game and the Vikings win anyway, like what? What's the positive that you gain from that? Is that you lose a game with your starters, even though is there they may way, still be in rhythm and they still will be ready to go for the next week? Is there a situation where if they beat the Vikings, they would keep them out of the playoffs? Probably is that a possibility. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I assume if the Vikings lose this weekend, that's probably because in the cards. Here's right? my situation. Right? Because the Vikings right now are sitting at the uh, sixth seed. They're seven, six, and one. 
The Eagles are seventh. They're seven and seven. The Redskins are seven and seven. The Panthers are six and eight. So the Panthers and they've they're putting down uh, Cam Newton's not going to play for the rest of the season. So you really could look at it if the Eagles win this week and the Vikings lose. Yeah, there, there's a chance that they may not even make the playoffs. Okay, so here's my thing, right? You and I think the DVOA is gospel. I do. You do. Yeah. We give it all the time, right? Yeah, for sure. There are three teams in the top ten in defensive DVOA that are in the NFC. The Bears are number one. We know that. The it's, Cowboys? The Cowboys are not. Oh, wow. The Cowboys are all the way down. Where's the Cowboys? Where's Dallas? This is good. This is good radio. Oh, yeah. So. No, they are. There you know, there's four <laughs> sorry, four teams. You're right. Four teams. There's four teams. Dallas, Dallas is number Dallas is Dallas usually is number D-A-L. nine. Uh, yeah. Is that that's yeah. what usually yeah. goes sorry. with the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas is, but my, my point here is this. Dallas is number nine, okay? You were looking for uh Fort Worth. New Orleans yeah. is number Dallas Fort Worth. New area. Orleans yeah. is number eight. The Bears are number one. Mm-hmm. The sixth ranked team in defensive DVOA. The Minnesota Vikings. Right. So if I, if there's an opportunity, I don't care if it doesn't matter anything for the Bears. Even if it doesn't, even, let's say the Bears have their seed locked up week 17. Doesn't matter. They could win against the Vikings. They could lose against the Vikings. They're not going to have a first-round bye, or they are going to have a first-round bye. Doesn't matter. But if you win that game, you have an opportunity to knock out the Vikings. You play your starters. You knock them out. Because I don't want to have to face the Vikings because of that strong defense and what they could do against Mitchell Trubisky. That's why I knock them out regardless. So I think regardless of the situation, you play your starters, you beat them because one, confidence going into the playoffs, momentum going into the playoffs. You don't want a cold team going into the playoffs. They haven't performed uh, that great with a break, right? Trubisky's had some rust when he's coming off uh, off of rest. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I don't want a Packers situation where you could have beat them week 17 and knocked them out of the playoffs. And then guess what? Oh, they beat you and knocked you out of the playoffs. Okay? I don't want that situation. Take care of business. Beat the Vikings. Knock them out. Because they're top six in defensive DVOA, I don't want that team in the playoffs. Yeah, right. I I understand what you're saying. The, The one thing I would kind of point out, though, is we should kind of see how this weekend plays out. Because uh, a matchup that is something to keep an eye on is tomorrow... The Texans and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles win that game, who says that the Eagles, and if the Vikings don't make the playoffs because you knocked the Vikings out uh, mm-hmm. in your scenario, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to play Philly. I play Philly. Get out of here, Philly. You serious? Yeah, I'll play that Philly. That team won a Super Bowl last year. Last are you year. unaware of this? Do you know how many injuries yeah. they have right they now? They just went you know to LA and they played a great they game. Are? And if they come back how, and they beat do you the Texans. Know? How, I don't know if I want to play Philadelphia. They, they are 17th overall in DVOA right no, now. I'm aware. I'm looking 20th, at the numbers. They have the 20th ranked defense, the 15th Listen ranked Listen to what offense. I'm saying, though. They're playing well with Nick Foles right now. I'm not scared. I'm telling you, I'm not scared of the Eagles. I'm definitely not scared of the Redskins. No. Um, Seattle kind of worries me a little bit because Russell Wilson is really good. And even though uh, the Bears defense is so good, Russell Wilson with almost nobody, almost beat the Bears earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I think that's a game that I would try and avoid as well. Mm-hmm. But that Vikings matchup in the first round of the playoffs might be your best matchup, barring what you said on the defense injuring Trubisky or whatever takes place there. They, they face Kirk Cousins, and there's no way 
I'm not saying Cousins is going to come into Chicago about and injuring. beat the Chicago Bears. I'm not worried about them injuring Trubisky. I'm just worried about what a top... I'm, I'm worrying about getting top, on to the next round. I'm worried about what the, what the top six defense a third time against Trubisky can do is what I'm worried about. I mean, they, they seem to handle him pretty well the, the second time, no? I, yeah, okay. I mean, the first time, and the second time will be coming up. Yeah. I Look, I get it. I just, I don't like it. If you have an opportunity to knock someone out, knock them out. Get rid of them. Get out of the playoffs. Get out of here, Vikings. Edgar on Twitter uh, responds. He says, if they do beat the Vikings in Week 17, it's possible they end up facing the Eagles in the playoffs instead. Feel more comfortable against the Eagles over the Vikings Eagles. is a question. And 100% I, Eagles. I don't know about that. I don't, 100% what, like, Did you not watch them beat I saw it. the Rams? Yep, I saw it. Okay, so you're suggesting that that was more of an outcome that came to be because of the Rams issues than the Eagles play. Correct. Well, I don't like that answer because I disagree. Okay, I think the Eagles like took. The, I think the Eagles took that game. I think that you. I can, don't think the Rams gave think, that game I up. I think that you can win the any any given Sunday without Pacino. You can win a game. All right. Okay. All right, Abdallah. Any given Sunday with Jamie Fox, you can win a game. Okay. So <laughs> I don't think it's yeah yeah they beat the Rams. Cool, awesome. The 49ers beat the Seahawks. Are we all of a sudden throwing out the Seahawks now? No, we're not. It was one game. I'm le- uh, if I look at the season overall, I am very much less worried about the, the Eagles than I am the Vikings, for sure. The Based Eagles' offense defense. is better. I'm not worried about the offense. I have the number one defense in the league. All right. Okay? I'm not worried about the offense. I didn't know you were such a Viking fan. No, I'm not a Viking fan. I want them out. I don't want them in the playoffs. I don't <laughs> want that stupid horn. Okay? Get out of here. Ragnar, go uh, home. Trubisky on Wednesday was talking about how the Bears need to ramp up the intensity as they head towards the playoffs. Beards. Even though I would say over the last two weeks, those primetime games that the Bears have played, the intensity level has been Lit. high. So uh, Trubisky on the intensity ramping up towards the playoffs. I think we've beaten playoff teams um, throughout our regular season. So, I mean, you play one game at a time and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we'll get to the playoffs when we get there. We got two games um, in San Fran and, and then at Minnesota, and we're going to take one game at a time. But it's you can't look at one game bigger than the other. You just got to look at your opponent and continue to go out there, do your job, and, and play football. So it doesn't matter whether it's a regular season playoffs. We know things will ramp up once we get there, but I do believe we're ready, and we just got to have that mindset. We got to keep getting better and get ready for it no matter what. You know, speaking of getting better, uh, Nagy also talked this week about the offense and where it's at you know a lot of conversation throughout the season is he said himself that he hasn't implemented everything we would see in this offense when everyone is there maybe in year two year three and as they go here's Nagy on how the offense and where it's at right now I like where our offense is at and I would put our offense in a similar category uh our defense is playing in a, they're in a rare category right now with what they're doing that's being realistic uh our offense, uh, again, what we did last week against a, a good defense was, I thought, uh, our, collectively, our quarterback protected the football. We had the one fumble on the third and one, third and two. Um, and, and, but, but overall, when you look at the general scheme of where we're at right now as a team offensively, I feel very comfortable going into the playoffs with that. So there you have it. Uh, the Bears offense starting to pick up, as Nagy is suggesting. And, you know, you head towards this 49er game, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, Abdallah. 49ers are 4-10. and 10, uh, The Bears are 10-4. and four, And, you know, FPI is giving the Bears a 65% chance to win this game. They suggest that the Bears will win by 5.1 points uh, when they look at all the analytics. It, 
The 49ers are a decent team, even though they have four wins. And I think a lot of people have overlooked the fact that Garoppolo has been hurt all season. Like, this team with Garoppolo would be in the playoff conversation, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, without a mm -hmm. doubt. Like, you can't sell me, no matter what you say, that this team would be this bad if they they didn't have their quarterback. So I think, like, the Bears are going to win this game tomorrow. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if for the majority of the game... San Francisco plays a better game than the Bears do. And somehow the Bears come out on top at the end. I think they're going to win the game. I'll tell you from the gambler's perspective, there is a reason that this game is a four and a half point spread. This game opened at five. The Bears a five point favorite on the road. And it's it's hard to go and win on the road in the NFL. Uh, you saw Pittsburgh win. Uh, Pittsburgh beat the Steelers last week. So you've got right now 68% of the money or 68% of the bets are coming in on the Bears. Very, the Bears are a very public team. Right? People love betting on the Bears, yeah, they especially do. when they're good. They're just mm-hmm. like the Cowboys. Very public team. So 68% of the bets coming in on the Bears as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. However, 53% of the money, a majority of the money, is coming in on the 49ers at plus four and a half. Sharps right now are on the 49ers. Yeah, and I, I think that makes perfect sense. The Bears are seeking their first 11-win season since 2010. Uh, Khalil Mack is 12.5 sacks this season. He's tied for third most in a season by a Bears player since 1982. Richard Dent, he had 17 and a half sacks. Uh, you also look at Mitchell Trubisky coming into this game. Six straight wins. The longest streak by a Bears quarterback in a single season since... Jay Cutler in 2012. Yeah, How about cutting. that? The last Bears starting quarterback to win seven wins within a season was Rex Grossman in 2006. How about that? Yeah. Super Bears, Super Bowl. Speaking of, uh, one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts of the Waddle and Sylvie program that you work on, Abdallah, mm-hmm. is the holiday uh, parody song contest. Oh, uh, thanks. There, there was a submission that I uh, enjoyed specifically. The- Agala, the front running Bama fan, Bama fan has a very puffy chest. Yeah, like Abdallah, mm-hmm. the front running Bama fan. Mm-hmm. Your dog's leg count is down to three. My dog no, that, three that's true. And a weird uh, mm-hmm. shot at you at the end there, uh, but. Uh, Really, in reality, uh, as a Bears fan mm-hmm. and as a fan of the Waddle and Sylvie show, mm-hmm. uh, there's only one song that should be replayed. Well, hold on uh, a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. You play that, but let me look at the NCAA schedule here. I'm you're looking, doing a, you're doing I'm a looking for yeah. U.S. Where is U.S.? Is U.S.C. Mm-hmm. in a bowl game? I'm looking. I'm scrolling. Mm-hmm. Friday, December 28th. December 29th. December 31st. January 1st. January 1st, the bowl games are Can over. Can I carry January on with 1st. what I was going to do? I don't see USC on here. No, Clay I'm, a, Helton. I'm a USC fan. Yeah. You're an Alabama fan. Clay yes. Helton, is, uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Felix, can you check? Am okay, I looking no. at the right schedule? Felix, we does need to USC, uh, move along. I've got something here. Does USC uh, play a bowl game that I'm not mm-hmm. that I'm missing? Can you can you look that up for us, please? We make producers look things up here at ESPN 1000. Could you look Danny, up? Danny, can Danny look it up? Could you look up? Danny, look it up. Whether or um, not USC right, hey, is Abdel, in a bowl over game. Here, oh. Over here. Uh, oh, hey. The reason I played that, uh, uh, the song about you and Alabama, is because there is a song that should be replayed, and mm-hmm. it's Bears related, and mm-hmm. we are going to play it right here because it's awesome. So coming up next, we will talk with Todd Blackledge and preview the college football playoff. Uh, but before we do that, going to break, the best song from the Waddle and Sylvie show contest, the parody songs. 
Dickabells. Come on, Abdallah. You know this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, 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 go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, 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 go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, 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 go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, go Bears! Go, 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 go Bears! Christmas, you filthy animal. Chris Black, Am Abdallah, college football conversation coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. Talking more uh, Bears football, and also I have a thought on Derrick Rose coming up before Ooh. we get to 2 o'clock, Abdal. We also have a podcast to promote, so stick around. It's very Ooh, exciting. Podcast. End I of the year, guys. Big. End I, of the year. I hear those are big now, podcasts. Podcasts, yeah. You know, we've only we've done one for over 10 years now, so how about that? It's this specific one. Yeah. Um, college football playoff coming Ooh. up next week. Less than a week. Well, actually a week, exactly. A week, exactly, in two hours. Whatever, how many hours that is, plus two hours. Seven days and two hours. And I can't right wait. now. I'm super excited. Yeah, yesterday you got a chance to talk with Todd Blackledge and preview the games. I did. We talked uh, uh, to Todd Blackledge. He will be on the call with Sean McDonough, Holly Rowe, uh, and they will be on ESPN. There's gonna, they're doing the megacast. You know how they do the megacast oh, yes. for the uh, national championship game? They're doing that for the college football playoff games as well. So awesome. you're gonna there's twelve different channels on the ESPN app and on your TV that you'll be able to watch. You can watch the L twenty two, you can watch the homer call of each one, you can watch uh the coaches room, which is always great with the different coaches commenting while the game is going on. So check all that out. Next week it'll be uh three o'clock. The first game is the cotton bowl between Clemson and Notre Dame. And I had a chance to talk to Todd Blackledge earlier this week and I started out by asking Todd how he was doing. It's going good. Going good. So as you get ready for the Cotton Bowl between Clemson and Notre Dame next Saturday, what's impressed you the most about each team heading into this game? Well, obviously the fact, number one, that they finished the the season undefeated. I mean, that that is not an easy thing to do in college football today. And, um, you know, they both had a couple games that were one-possession games and, and could have gone, you know, either way, but they found ways to win. And, and you know, interestingly enough, um, you know, both teams made decisions early in the year in the first month to make a switch at quarterback uh, to a more passing-friendly kind of guy. And and Sean McDonough and Holly Rowe and I happened to be at both of those games when it happened. We did the uh, Notre Dame-Wake Forest game when they made the switch to Ian Book, and we did the Clemson-Syracuse game when Dabo Sweeney went to Trevor Lawrence. So we kind of watched that unfold for both teams, and it certainly paid off to be the right decision in both cases. What do you make of Brian Kelly's decision to do that uh, when he did? His team was playing well when they did it, but he saw something that was missing from the offense, and then he went to Ian Book. Obviously, it turned out well for him, but uh, for someone like Brian Kelly to do that in the middle of the season, what did you make of that decision at the time? 
Well, it was it was a gutsy decision to make, uh, but it was the right decision. And I think he, you know, when we talked to him the night before the game, I mean, he knew that it was the right decision. Uh, you know, and he loves Brandon Wimbush. And Brandon Wimbush was three and zero as a starter at that point. He had been a successful guy, a good leader on the team. But they had won those first three games. Uh, they were all fairly close. They weren't scoring a lot of points. Their defense was spending a lot of time on the field, and he just felt like they had more to offer offensively, and they had more playmakers that weren't involved enough, and he felt that Ian Book would give give their offense a, a, a boost. It would improve their passing game, and it would also take some of the pressure off their defense. And I think you know, we saw it in that first game against Wake Forest. I mean, Ian Book was spectacular. He ran for three touchdowns. He threw for over 300 yards. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, guys started getting the ball thrown in their direction, and it changed the whole look of the Notre Dame offense. And I think then the more that Ian played down the stretch, the better he got and the better Notre Dame got. And, uh, and, and it didn't just affect the, the offense. It affected the whole team. Obviously, this is one of Brian Kelly's, if not the best, team that Brian Kelly has had at Notre Dame so far. What do you think the biggest difference between this defense is and the defense uh, from the 2013 uh, National Championship team? Well, I think that, that this defense, uh, what, when I watch them, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. They are not you know, what I would call a super complex defense. I mean, they, they don't do a whole lot of things. Uh, they're, they're not exotic. They don't blitz a lot, uh, but they are very stout up front, and they play a lot of guys in their front. I think their defensive line, you know, Clemson's defensive line, everybody raves about them, and rightfully so. But, but Notre Dame's defensive front, I think, is very impressive. And, uh, you know, they can rush the passer. They're strong against the run. Uh, and then, you know, they've, they've got four or five guys on this defense that have started a lot of football games. So they've got experience. Uh, they're savvy. And the thing that stands out to me on film when I watch Notre Dame is I think they are a very, very good tackling football team. And, uh, you know, sometimes that, that kind of goes by the wayside in today's college football. But but this is a team that, you know, when you look at Coney and Tranquil and, and uh, Julian Love and Gilman, I mean, they, these are really good tacklers. And, uh, and that shows how it stands out on film when I watch them. Todd Blackledge joining me on Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 in the ESPN app. You can see him, Sean McDonough, Holly Rowe calling the Cotton Bowl. It's going to be Clemson against Notre Dame, 3 o'clock on ESPN next Saturday. How do you think Ian Book, if you were Ian Book and if you were Notre Dame, how would you attack this Clemson defense with the, the amount of pressure that they put on quarterbacks? Well, I think there's a couple things that if you're a quarterback playing against them that you have to do. Number one, you cannot hold the ball very long. You've got to get rid of the football, and, and he's done that for the most part. You know, he's completed over 70% of his passes. Uh, you know, He gets rid of the football. He knows where he wants to go with it quickly. So you have to do that. Uh, number two, you've got to be able to be comfortable making some plays when you're uncomfortable because uh, they're going to get around you. You know, They're just too good physically and you can't because there's four guys and Clemson blitzes a lot as well so they're going to create some pressure situations and you have to as a quarterback be comfortable with with bodies flying around and you might have to extend plays you might have to scramble a little bit and and make plays when you're uncomfortable and and uh and then the third thing you have to do is 
is Clemson, as good as they are, and as good as their defensive numbers have been, uh, they still make some big mistakes during the course of games. It's a, they could blow a coverage, or they, you know, they're looking at the sideline trying to get a call in. The ball is snapped, and they're not quite ready, or they don't react to a formation the right way. Uh, or you get them in a matchup against, you know, with a receiver against a safety. And when you get those opportunities, you got to capitalize and make big plays uh, when when those things present themselves. Moving on to Clemson, Dabo Sweeney's been able to create this culture at Clemson where guys just don't want to leave. That entire defensive front has come back. Coaches rarely leave for opportunities that they get offered. You see the opposite side where you have Alabama, where they have turnover almost every single year with coaches moving on to bigger and better places. What is it that Dabo Sweeney has created at Clemson that makes guys want to stay with him and not necessarily move on because the grass may be not be greener on the other side it's a it's a pretty incredible place if you if you've never been there uh you know first of all the it's a beautiful place beautiful campus their facilities are second to none their football facilities are you know out of this world and so as a player being recruited there it's it's as good as it gets uh you know they have a terrific fan base and following and stadium and uh you know they are built to be successful for a long time. And then on top of that, you know, Dabo, the kind of guy that he is, I mean, he is a, he's a very energetic, very positive guy, very family oriented guy, very strong faith-based guy. And, and, you know, he's been able to attract coaches and, and staff people that enjoy that kind of a culture and enjoy that kind of an environment. And, and don't want to go anywhere else. And so he's, he's really been able to, to keep his coaching staff intact. Uh, obviously, he's been able to pay his coaches well, or you know, they've been able to pay their assistants well uh, on top of that. But it's a, it's a very unique place. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's doing anything, you know, magical to make people stay. But I think people just realize, you know, it's pretty good here, and, and we can win, and we can compete for championships and uh, and recruit and everything you want they've got right now going at Clemson. And because of that, they have 48 players that have played in uh, one of these playoff games before. How much is that experience going to benefit Clemson as they face Notre Dame, who's never been in this situation before? You know, I read that today myself, and I actually wrote it on my chart, but I, I don't know how much that's going to make a difference. Uh, you know, once the game starts, it's just going to be like any other big game. And Notre Dame's played in a lot of big games. And they've got, you know, they've got guys that, that line up on defense, like a Jerry Tillery who started 39 games in his career. You know, Julian Love started 33 games. They've got experienced guys who have played in a lot of big ball games. And so once, once the thing kicks off, now that, you know, the pregame feel and the energy on the field before the game might be different and might feel, you know, bigger than, than they've ever felt before. Of course, playing in that stadium with the big scoreboard and everything, it's, it's a unique environment. But once they kick off and once the game starts, it'll just feel like any big game. And, and I don't know that that is that huge of a factor. And then, you know, even if it is, the you know probably the main guy for the Clemson football team, Trevor Lawrence, is a true freshman, so he doesn't have any college football playoff experience, uh, and yet he's out there running the show for the Tigers. A lot of talk has been about Trevor Lawrence, but 
Clemson is a team that puts over 250 yards a game on the ground. How is Notre Dame going to be able to stop that? With Because they do have one of the better defenses in the country, but it starts and ends with Clemson running the ball. That's why Trevor Lawrence has all of his success. Are they going to be able to find that kind of success uh, against Notre Dame? Well, Notre Dame's going to have to stop, uh, you know, do a great job against the run because uh, you, you mentioned it. I mean, their balance has been outstanding. And, and, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where, you know, if teams really gang up to stop the run, then that's when they get one-on-one pass situations. And, and Clemson has really good wide receivers. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is very accurate throwing football. So, so they're a very difficult offense to defend. I think their offensive line you know, I've seen all four of their playoff teams, and I think this is the best offensive line Clemson has had going into uh, going into the college football playoff. They're a physical group. They've done a great job in blocking for Travis Etienne and those other running backs and, and protecting their quarterback. But I think for Notre Dame and Clark Lee, it, it has to start with being really stout against the run and, 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 and enforcing, you know, Clemson to maybe throw more than they would want to necessarily. But uh, you, you can't let them just have their way running the football. Todd Blackledge joining me on Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000. You can see him, Sean McDonough, and Holly Rowe next Saturday, 3 p.m. for Clemson and Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl, the first of two of the playoff games. I have to ask you one question about the second playoff game. How is Kyler Murray going to perform, you think, against Alabama and Nick Saban's defense. Nick Saban, I don't know if this matters or not. He is one in four against Heisman Trophy winners, so I don't know if that plays into it at all. I kind of throw those stats out because it's different teams every year, you know, like that. Those kind of stats are kind of meaningless to me, but it, it it is a number that people have been pointing to this week. How do you think Kyler Murray performs against that stacked defense? I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, I had Oklahoma the last two weeks of the season. I had them against West Virginia in a game they just outscored the Mountaineers 59 to 56. And then I had the Big 12 championship game when they avenged their only loss of the year against Texas. He is a unique, unique talent. Uh, very, very fast, very quick, and also has an outstanding arm. But to me, the key to Oklahoma's team and the key to their chances in this game is is of all the teams I watched in college football this year that that's the best offensive line their offensive line is the best group that I saw all season and so uh, that's what gives them a chance I think going against this Alabama defense is how good they are up front coupled with the skill set of of Kyler Murray and and Alabama as good as their defense is you know the the best quarterback and the best offense they faced was in their last game against Georgia. And, and, you know, they were fortunate to win that game with Jalen Hurts coming off the bench at the end. This offense they'll face with Oklahoma is even better. So uh, this will be the truest test or the most severe test for Alabama's defense that they've had all year. As someone who watches these games and follow these these kids and their stories, how great of a story was it for Jalen Hurts to come into that game and lead Alabama to a victory in the SEC championship game? It was the best story in college football this year, I think, uh, you know, from a player. I mean, obviously the, the Tyler Trent story with Purdue and, and, and that whole thing through the course of the year was an awesome story as well. But in terms of a player – uh, I don't think there's been a better story. And, and anybody that's been around Jalen or covered Alabama games like I have, he, he's such a great kid. And, you know, he was a, a starter. He was 26-2. and two. He was put on the bench. Uh, 
And, you know, not only did he not quit or not transfer at that time, and he's, you know, he's going to go somewhere now, somewhere else and play, but he stayed and, and he didn't pout. You know, he was a leader. He was still, you know, out there supporting uh, his team, supporting Tua. And then for him to get an opportunity to go in and, and his team need him on the same field 11 months later as where he was benched, uh, you just, you know, Hollywood can't do any better than that. You can't, you can't write a better script than what happened with Jalen Hurts. So the Cotton Bowl, Clemson and Notre Dame at AT&T Stadium. Have you started scouting some places to eat before the game that you guys can, can put on film for us? Well, I don't know if we'll put them on film, but there's some definite places. I know one place that we found is Babe's Fried Chicken House, which uh, I think we're gathering there when we all get in town on the 26th. So uh, that's a pretty cool place there down in, down in that area. So make sure you check out the Cotton Bowl, the first of the two playoff games, on December 29th, 3 o'clock. Todd Blackledge, Sean McDonough, and Holly Roll with the call. Thanks a lot, Todd, for your time. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Take care. Adam Abdallah, Todd Blackledge, previewing the college football playoff. Check it out next week on ESPN Television. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And, you know, listen, you and I are college football guys, and we love everything about this season. We love the playoff the way it is. We don't need more teams because we like the bowl season, and we understand that the four teams that were selected for the playoff are the right teams. I, I don't need an Ohio State. I don't need that extra team to be in just as I don't need Florida. I don't need to see Florida playing another game meaning something going forward. Yeah, because if Ohio State would have won their games, if they wouldn't have lost to Purdue, they'd probably be in over uh, a one-loss Oklahoma team. So. Well, li- listen, listen. If you want to get real, Black and Abdallah here getting in Chicago on ESPN 1000. Getting real. If Northwestern doesn't lose to Akron, mm. Ohio State probably gets in. Whoa. Probably. Probably. But when you beat a team in your conference championship game that has four losses, you're probably not getting into the playoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. If they didn't have four losses, Ohio State's probably in. And then the AD at Ohio State and everyone in the Big Ten can can stop oh, complaining about expanding the playoff. Party. Don't lose Akron. How about that? Uh, Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Coming up next, we have information on a new podcast we are releasing and... A thought on Derrick Rose. That's next. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. I do it so Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Thank you for Felix Reyes for producing today's show and to Todd Blackledge for joining us and Adam uh, on you can check the podcast at ESPN Chicago and on the ESPN app for joining you. I just wanted to say it correctly. Welcome well, I mean, Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. You were there in spirit. I knew what questions you were going to ask, so I just asked him the questions. Yeah, it's, it's the same. I, listen, I'm, I'm not coming up with anything new over here. Right? This has all been done before. It's college football. Uh, speaking of, we have a new podcast that has been released on the Best of 1000 page on ESPNChicago.com. If you go to the podcast section, click on the Best of 1000, our 10th. Annual Time Capsule Podcast recapping the year that was 
2018. So what we do every year is there's a we have a, uh, a, a metaphorical time capsule, and we take things from the year, from sports, Chicago sports, national sports, and pop culture, music, movies, TV, and we put them, we take something from them, and we put this into, into this audio uh, time capsule. So in f- 100 years from now, when people are like, what was a podcast? Oh, they'll let's find, see. They'll find why, ours. But why in the future are people talking like they're old-timey again? Like Because everything, everything comes is, around? Because everything is cyclical. All right. What is this podcast? Let's take a listen here. Okay. Here we go. Everything is cyclical. Black and Abdallah. Let's take a listen. Everything is cyclical. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. So basically we go through everything and I will tell you uh, uh, one thing that we put in there uh, is is, uh, Pusha T saying... You're hiding a child. Oh, yeah. You want to get into added on right, right now? Or? No, we don't oh, have time. Okay. We right. don't have time. We spent a lot of time in the yeah. podcast. I could do three hours just on that line. We, we, address, uh, we also address uh, Chicago sports in 2018. Yes, uh, Year-end review. Uh, we've done this now 10 times uh, on the Best of 1000 podcast, so our 10th annual uh, time capsule podcast recapping the year 2018. We talk bears, we talk cubs, we talk movies, we talk music, we talk Tua Tungavailoa, Sister Jean, all kinds of things in the 2018 time capsule podcast. You can download it on the ESPN app. Go to the listen section, click on the podcast. You can find ESPN 1000 and the best of 1000 right on the ESPN app or on ESPNChicago.com. You are hiding a child. No, not me, but Drake. Yeah, yeah, well, he was. We know about it now. Okay, all right. Uh, so that's there, and we just posted it, so it's live. You can check that out once we're done here in two minutes, right mm-hmm. here on ESPN. Yeah, just wait. Wait two more minutes, please. So last night, the uh, Timberwolves, they lose to the Spurs 124-98. to 98. Derrick Rose played 16 minutes. He was one of eight from the field. He had four points. It wasn't a very good game for Derrick Rose last night. The reason I bring up Derrick Rose is because, are you aware of what he's doing this year in the NBA? One of my favorite things in the NBA is the player who was a superstar who then decides to change his game a little to have longevity and to stick around in the league. Most Mm -hmm. notably, someone like a Vince Carter. Mm -hmm. He was one of the best players in the league, and he changed his game to use different skills to prolong his life in the NBA. 41 still playing. Tim Duncan did the same thing. No longer a superstar, still contributed to those Spurs teams. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose this year is averaging 18.5 points per game, 4.6 assists, 2.8 rebounds, 30 minutes a night for mm-hmm. Derrick Rose and the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. He's ninth in point guards in PER. The, the point guards he's better than in PER, John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, Drew Holiday, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, Zach Levine, Jamal Murray, D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> How about that for Derrick Rose? And the one other note that I want to add to this in, in the resurgence of Derrick Rose is isn't it pretty obvious that Tom Thibodeau always gets the most out of his backup point guards? <laughs> no, so that's all, that's all it took for Derrick because he needed to be Tom but, Thibodeau's but think, backup. Think back to Thibodeau in Chicago. C.J. Yeah. Watson, no, John yeah, Lucas III, right. Nate right. Robinson, D.J. Right. Augustine, Aaron Brooks, Etwan Moore. He gets the most out of backup point guards, and once Derek decided to embrace the role that he is, mm-hmm. he can actually keep his longevity in the league going. True, his season this year has been fantastic. Ninth in per in point guards across the league. How Crazy. about that for Derek Rose? Crazy, feel good story of the year. That's Am Abdallah. I'm Chris Black. Thanks for listening today here on ESPN 1000. I'll see you next year, Abdallah. Ugh.